1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his
2: way to
1: the end zone. I'll tell you what, I've done spectacular
3: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now,
3: here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: What's going on? It is Thursday. Getting closer to the Super Bowl. We are fired up. We are giving you our favorite player props. And we are giving you... Something that I want everybody to play, everybody to get in on. It's going to be the official FFT four-player prop parlay. We'll figure it out on the air. I'm Adam Azer with Hey
3: Dave. What's up, man? Four-player prop parlay. Yes, we're just we're we're all going to lose money together. And you know what? I will you know, you you lose a little bit of
0: money with the opportunity to make a lot of money. I would assume. Jamie, what's going on? How you doing, guys? Oh, uh, great. And Sia Najad is here. What's up? At Sia uh, Najad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. He is on the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. He is on the Early Edge. He's a DFS expert. He's going to give us his favorite props. What's up, man?
1: What is up? Happy to be on with you guys. Looking forward to talking some Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Is that this it. weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I won't have a chance to ask you this, but give me two or three essential questions food items at your Super Bowl party. You know, I want to have it. This is my only chance to ask you. So go ahead, CEO. Two or three essentials.
1: I mean, you got to have pizza, obviously. I mean, pizza and chips, a pepperoni pizza uh, preferred, uh, and just some sort of potato chip and dip, preferably like a, a guacamole type dip.
0: Right, I'm going to do a Twitter poll. Schrager, maybe you can do a YouTube poll. Uh,
1: if you could only have one,
0: wings or pizza. At your Super Bowl party. Only one. You say pizza, see ya? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Dave, this must be a really tough one
3: for you. Well, pizza is better than wings, just in general. So I will side with my dear partner pizza. D- and Jamie, how about you? Wings by my mouth.
0: I like pizza better, but I feel like I feel like I don't have wings that often. So I think I would probably go wings.
3: All right. Well, we'll let the uh, we'll let the people decide. Let's do our wings fi- are for the meal in between your pizza meals. <laughs> pizza <laughs> wings, pizza way. wings. Maybe throw a salad in there, you know, covered in ranch dressing. Back to pizza, <laughs>
4: and then you appear on my
3: six hundred pound life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, let's uh, let's do it here. So see it. See, a, give me your absolute favorite player prop. Your your favorite one that is a must play this week.
1: It's probably Joe Mixon under 63 and a half rushing yards. That probably has moved to 62 and a half, depending on where you look. So I I like it at 62 and a half as well. Of course, I just think that this it's such a tough matchup for the Bengals on the interior specifically, but you know, Joe Mixon just hasn't done enough to show me just from a yards per carry standpoint, uh, especially against this defense. It's, it's not a great matchup for him.
4: He's only been over that number once, uh, twice since November. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. And and the most rushing yards that the Rams have allowed in the playoffs was the 52 yards to Leonard Fournette on the ground. So, yeah, this, this feels like an easy one for Mixon to uh, to disappoint us. Uh, probably not a good DFS play as well. We'll talk about that tomorrow.
0: I'm pretty sure that if you took away his overtime rushing against the Chiefs, he would have been under that number against the Chiefs as well. So that would have been uh, once in his last eight games if, if, without the overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, your favorite player prop.
3: My favorite player prop is probably, it's either T. Higgins over his yardage, which I think went down since I published it in, in my prop story this week on CBS Sports, or it's his receptions. When I'll go with the receptions because it's even money. You don't have to lay any juice on it. Over five and a half receptions. He's given you at least six catches each of his last two games. He's got a much higher catch rate versus zone defense than he does against man defense, and he has more explosive plays as well, so that'll help the yardage, but I think he'll get more target volume against zone defense. The Rams played the second most zone coverage of any defense in the NFL during the regular season, and I think they're third most at around 80% in the postseason,
4: the the Bengals are going to see a ton of zone coverage against L.A. That's good for Higgins. Yeah, he's got at least six catches in three of his last five games, so it's uh, uh, a stat that's certainly working in his favor. And and the, this is something that I was thinking about saving for later. I'll just tell you now:
3: the consensus seems to be that Jalen Ramsey is going to line up against Jamar Chase a frequent amount of the time. He's been playing on the outside throughout the playoffs. Hasn't been in that star role that we saw earlier in the year. If that's the case, then it's going to be five foot nine inch Darius Williams going mano a mano with T. Higgins, who's six four. So mm-hmm. I like that matchup. I think that that's an advantage that the Bengals will try and capitalize on.
0: Yeah, Ramsey has been shadowing more frequently later in the season. And that actually, you know, for Jamar Chase, it's not like he's been shutting these guys down. And, you know, Evans did have 16 targets, but he had that, that long touchdown catch at over 100 yards. Justin Jefferson at over 100 yards and saw a lot of Jalen Ramsey in that game. Uh, but obviously, he's he's a terrific cornerback. All right. So so far, we have Mixon under sixty-two and a half rushing yards. T. Higgins over five and a half receptions. Jamie, what is your favorite player prop?
4: Uh, Matthew Stafford over two and a half rush attempts at plus one hundred. Uh, he's had at least four carries in three games in a row, and so you know you're just looking at his uh, his 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 feet are moving, and so all he needs is three carries in this one, and it just feels like it's an easy one at this point based on. Uh, the uh, the the rush attempts that he's had in in the postseason so far. He also has two rushing touchdowns
1: too, so not a bad situation. Have,
0: are those kneel downs though? Because what is that just? Because they're that's winning? a rush. No, yeah,
1: those count as rush attempts. So that's the good news there. If you think the Rams are going to close this thing out easily, yep.
0: oh, I'm so nervous about this because I. All right, all right. Look, it's that's the official uh, Matthew Stafford over two and a half rush attempts. He they better win. All right, so my favorite player prop was. Joe Mixon under the rushing yards and T Higgins on over his receiving yards. I was like, Dave, please don't take my other favorite uh, one, but you went with the reception. So I'm going to go T Higgins over 67 and a half receiving yards. All right. We've got now, let me get my, my little, my odds up here.
4: Receiving yards. Higgins and Higgins has oh. done that in six of eight games, six, of nine games.
0: Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now with Mixon under 62 and a half. Higgins over five and a half receptions and over 67 and a half yards. Oh, I can't combine those two.
2: Why not? You won't be able to combine with one player. The
0: two, Higg- the two Higgins ones. All right, fine. I'll pick a different one.
2: Um,
3: well, you know, if we're going to do a whole show about props, maybe we'll find one along the way that we can put in there. We'll decide which one we like better between Higgins yards and catches. We'll, and we'll see say- if we can come up with another prop that knocks out one of the other ones that we've named right. so far. Okay. By the end of the show, we'll have four that we
1: love. Okay. All right. And Adam, one of my plays is also Higgins over five and a half receptions. So if you're going to choose between those two, I'll, I'll, I, maybe the receptions prop is appropriate. All right. So it's, again, again, more, it's then.
3: even money. I think you've got to lay out some cash to to take the over on the yardage. Yes. Okay. Good. So, so we've that'll got that'll boost our odds, baby. Mix in under sixty-two and a half
0: uh, rushing yards. T Higgins over five and a half receptions, and Matthew Stafford over two and a half rush attempts. Okay, we need one more prop. We can do that. That shouldn't be hard. Uh, let's go to round two. Sia, give me your, your second favorite.
1: Okay, well, my second favorite was, in fact, T. Higgins over 5.5 receptions. However, I'll pivot to P. Ryan over 8.5 receiving yards. The rationale here is simply that he has really become the third down back here. If you look at the beginning of the season and you start to see what his progression was on third down in terms of usage as we get to late in the season and to the playoffs – He's basically the third down back 70% of the time as of late. So, in what's like and by the way, he's a great pass blocker, too. There are reasons he's in the game other than just his receiving prowess and things of that nature. So um, I see him on the field quite a bit. I think eight and a half receiving yards is very doable, whether it's on a screen or whether it's just an outlet. Let's remember when we're considering Samajay and T. Higgins, that CJ Uzama, like I, I don't think he's really ready to play. I think if he suits up, he'll be relatively ineffective. So I think a lot of those targets might go to, let's say, Mixon or Samaje Piran or particularly T. Higgins. So I like Samaje in this spot.
0: I'm kind of interested in Higgins in Mixon rather over 26 and a half receiving yards, which he's almost always over, sometimes very, very close to that. But it was 27 and a half last week. He didn't get there. He got 27. Uh is at 26 and a half this week. All right. So uh that was P Ryan over eight and a half receiving yards. Dave, round two for you.
3: Uh, I like the Cam Akers under rush attempts prop. And right now it's at under 15 and a half at minus one fifteen. When I saw it, it was 16 and a half at minus 120. Obviously, if I'm gonna take the under, I like under 16 and a half, then 15 and a half. Uh, I- I'm a little concerned about just how much work he's going to get. He only played 30 snaps in the last game. He did get hurt in the game, but we know that two games before he had two costly fumbles. So I wonder if it's not going to be all on Cam Akers' plate in the game so he could see Daryl Henderson come back and take a little bit of work. Sony Michelle, especially if Akers can't get going early on, I could see Sony Michelle taking some work away, taking those rushes away. But here's the real reason why I love this one. The Bengals have held opposing running backs, whether it's by fluke or by just the strength of their run defense, to 15 or fewer rush attempts in 13 of their past 15 games. The only two running backs to go over 15 rush attempts against them in a single game are Dearness Johnson, which is in that Week 18 throwaway game that no one cares about, and Derrick Henry in the playoffs when the Titans just fed him, fed him, fed him. Now, that also includes their game against Denver earlier this year where each of those running backs had 15 carries. So uh, teams do run on Cincinnati. The hunch is that acres won't see 80% of the snaps won't get his way to 16 rush attempts. I like that under.
0: Yeah. And see, uh, I know you were worried about this. Uh, we were talking about this before the show, but Sean McVay talking about Daryl Henderson said, you're going to see all three backs. I think Daryl's going to go. You'll have cam Daryl and Sony. You'll be able to see a good three back rotation based on how the game unfolds. So I think that was one that you were looking at as well, that 15 and a half rush attempts for Akers.
1: Well, at the beginning of the week, actually last week, I was looking at Acres over sixty-three and a half uh, rushing yards. Yeah. It's now sixty-two and a half. It's obviously going down for a good reason because of the Daryl Henderson thing. I'm not so much worried about Sony Michelle. I mean, last game against Kansas City, uh, or excuse me, against San Francisco, ten rushes for sixteen yards, averaging one point six yards per carry. But I am a little worried about Daryl Henderson coming back. The shoulder injury doesn't worry me too much, but I got to admit he was limited at the last practice. So there's definitely a lot of concerns here. I will say this. His yards per carry has been pretty bad. It was the first two games he was back from his Achilles was around two and a half yards per carry. It did shoot up even with that shoulder injury last game to 3.7. So there is potentially a positive trend at play here, but there's just too much going on. I will say this just to finish this thought off, though. Some there are they are going to rush for for yards whether it's a three back committee or it's if you can narrow it down to one or two backs I think those one or two backs are in play McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards Hilaire rushed for plenty of yards per carry they just the the Chiefs just decided not to run the ball for whatever reason if they kept running the ball we'd have a Super Bowl matchup with Pat Mahomes and Matt Stafford
3: I agree.
0: It's you know a little concerning to see 17 carries for 55 yards against the Cardinals in the wild card round, but the last two games we should cut Acres a little bit of slack facing the Bucks and the 49ers, two of the very best run defenses in football, and the Bengals not not on the same uh, level as those guys. All right, Jamie, give me your second favorite player prop.
4: Well, if you want rushing from the Rams, the place you should go is Cooper Cup because he's going to have one carry, just one. That's all we need. His prop is a half-rush attempt, rush. excuse me, half-rush yard at plus 250. And so all he has to do is fall forward once behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> We're in good shape here with him. Um, it's a good situation. He's had at least one carry in three of his last six games. Now, last week, last game against the 49ers, he had one carry for minus two yards, so he went the wrong way. Uh, but he goes forward one yard. We're in good shape. We're cashing big here. So like the setup for Cooper Cup at plus 250 with uh, one rushing yard in this game.
3: Now, that'll include if Stafford throws like a, a bubble screen to yep. him behind the line of... And the ball goes backwards. It's like a lateral. That counts as a carry. And if he takes that for, like you said, Jam, a yard, that's a win. That's a good one. That's fun.
0: All right, Schrager. We got three of our four. Our other options are prine over eight and a half receiving yards, Akers under 15 and a half rush attempts, Cup over half a rushing yard. Hold what?
3: on. Can we... Are, are we deciding now
0: on oh, our, no, on no, no,
2: we can keep going. We can keep going. I think keep we keep going. going. Because I've, I've made a few wagers, and I want to see if any of them are picked. And if they are, we'll go with that one. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, hold on one second. I want to talk to you about the uh, the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. Why would I talk to you about it, though? Sia, why don't you tell us about the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast?
1: Yeah, we've been uh, on schedule recording shows through the Super Bowl. So, I'll tell you we have a show we're, we're going to be doing later today. It'll be specifically a DFS show on Tuesday. It's in your feed. We recorded a show on props. So, we we talked about a lot of the same props, but but a lot of different different props too. So, keep that in mind. That's something you maybe you want to you tag along with this show as well to to listen to that, but our DFS specific show We did one last week, but we're going to do one tomorrow, excuse me, later today as as well. It'll be in your feed. We'll have some interesting plays, some interesting strategy. I think you'll want to tune in.
0: All right. So check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts, Fantasy Football Today, DFS podcast. And also check out the Early Edge podcast as well. Um, They are live, Shragerwood, three o'clock on uh, four o'clock on YouTube.
2: Four o'clock on Sunday on YouTube. And then throughout the game as well. And CA will be on that too.
0: Yeah. So four Eastern.
3: Check it out on YouTube. The early you might not age. be the only one who's on that.
0: Hey, all right. Uh, in
3: between pizza and wings, Dave will be making his appearances. All right, so. Buffalo wing pizza. Can we make that happen? Ooh. No bones? Let's check- Buffalo chicken pizza, right? Yeah, Buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah. Well, I like barbecue that, chicken pizza. But- that might be the move. Can we add pepperoni to that? That's not
0: <laughs> too much, is it? No, you can't. I'm sorry. That's- oh, darn it. Uh, wings. Have- I think you definitely should. Wings has 57% of the vote, by the way, on Twitter right now over pizza. A little bit of an upset, I'd say.
1: All right, let's go to round three. Give me another prop, see ya. Okay, so Jamie inspired me. I like Jamar Chase over four and a half rushing yards. So keep in mind, it's going to be tough treading for the running game against this really stout defense and an aggressive defense at that. I definitely see a scenario where there's one or two plays, whether it's what Dave said, you know, passing it behind the line of scrimmage or whether it's just some sort of end around or just a straight-up carry Debo Samuel style with Jamar Chase – Last game, he had a carry. The game before that, he had a carry. The game before that, he had three carries. In a game where you are not going to be able to conventionally run the ball very well, you need to incorporate your superstars somehow, especially if those superstars are matched up with Jalen Ramsey a majority of the time. Get him behind the line of scrimmage. Get him the ball. Uh, I like over four and a half yards quite a bit.
3: Dave, round three for you. Okay. So Jamie mentioned Matthew Stafford over two and a half rushing attempts. And I thought that was cool. But then I started thinking to myself, what is it for Joe burrow? It's got to be a little bit more because we've seen burrow run lately. And what's been one of the hugest storylines this week that the offensive line for Cincinnati is not good. And it's going to bring a lot of pressure on burrow. And when a quarterback, especially one who is willing to run feels that pressure, he'll get flushed out of the pocket. He'll look downfield. Maybe nobody's open. He'll take it for a gain on the ground. And lo and behold, Burrow's rushing total for attempts is the exact same as Stafford's two and a half, and it's at even money. I like Burrow's rushing attempt prop over more than Stafford's rushing attempt prop
0: over. So what is it? Two and a half.
4: Two and a half, just like Stafford. And Burrow had five carries against the Chiefs. He has uh, at least three carries in three of his past six outings. So they've both been running about the same. Stafford is a little bit more consistently in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I just wonder if those are how many of those are actual kneel downs for Stafford. Um, but and I don't know about for Burrow. We should probably look, in, I look into. I think for that.
3: Burrow, there, there's a game recently where he had two for negative two, the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. So when you see something like that, I would assume that they're both kneel downs.
4: I can't, I can't imagine what they'd be otherwise. Mm-hmm. But three carries isn't hard for these guys to get to. It's not like right. you get to five, you know. So right.
0: Okay. So Jamie, which one do you like better, Stafford or or Burrow?
4: Two and a half. It's Stafford, just Stafford. because of the the potential of them winning in the kneel down. Okay. Uh, and then
0: what's uh? Give me another prop, Jamie.
4: Uh, I'm going to go Beckham over 63 and a half receiving yards. Um, you know, he's, he's I think, finally starting to get in a rhythm with Stafford. He's been over this number each of the last two playoff games. Probably would have been over in the Cardinals game as well. Uh, this is uh, a secondary. I think it's going to be challenged, obviously, quite a bit by Cooper Cup. And, and I think Beckham, for the most part, you know, you look at where he's at right now, you know, you factor in what would have been a preseason, you know, in, in the first few games of getting used to Matthew Stafford, getting used to this offense. And now it's basically like he's in, in the middle of, what would be his, his first year with, uh, with the Rams, if you just factor in you know from the beginning of the season. So it's now, I think, game nine or game 10 you know with these two guys on, on the same page. Uh, Beckham, I think, is comfortable. He's, uh, I think, enjoying being on a big stage again and getting the attention that he missed being in Cleveland. And so I, I just like the opportunity for him to uh, you know eclipse this number again for the third game in a row. And if you want to tie in some historical stuff here, uh, the last three times he's faced the Bengals with the Browns, uh, two of those games, he was over 74 yards in both of them. Again, that was with Cleveland. The third one, he'd like to forget. That was when he tore his ACL. But um, when he plays the Bengals, he has the opportunity to step up, at least I'm sure in his mind, and hopefully he does it one more time.
0: Okay. So, Schrager, did you, did you find one you really liked?
2: That's it right there. I'm on the Odell Beckham yards prop, and Jamie is too, so let's make it our fourth.
0: Okay. So let's get that. Beckham. 63-and-a-half. It'd be great
4: when he lines up against his former teammate Eli Apple and probably does some uh, damage against him as well.
2: Over.
0: All right, do we
4: have a four? Beckham one feels just too easy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is there a reason why I can't make this bet? Mixon, Higgins, Stafford, and, and Beckham, Schrager?
2: You'll have to do it as a same-game parlay rather than just A normal parlay clicking on all of them
0: Mm, okay learning a lot about the apps today all right so i'm going to figure try to figure out uh the odds and we'll i'll update everybody why don't while i do that shouldn't take long sia who do you think's gonna win the super bowl and dave and jamie don't really don't answer because we have to get our big super bowl preview tomorrow
1: uh, i'm going with the rams uh, again it's it, this is really matchup dependent I, I think there's regression in order for the Cincinnati Bengals with respect to turnovers and just some of the bounces that have been going their way such a tough matchup on the interior on both sides of the ball I like the Rams minus four even if it's at four and a half um which it probably will be at game time uh I like that as well I think this is a probably a touchdown game for the Rams
0: oh okay cool I'm not ready to I'm not. I need more
3: time. Um, can I well, can I say something about Odell? Because I, I the case is laid out, and I I wouldn't take the under on the yardage for OBJ, but I would take the under on the catches. It's five and a half at minus one thirty. So you're betting on him not getting to six catches in the game. He does have six catches in each of his last two games. This plays into the idea that he's hitting his stride, like like the guys talked about. But he had five or fewer catches in eight of eleven overall. With LA. And this is a Bengals defense. They've done a really good job adjusting to who they play from week to week as far as their pass coverage goes. And just by the looks of how Safford's done against zone coverage and especially cover three, cover four, cover six, where they really flood the backfield so it makes it hard to pass. The Bengals are good at that. That's what stopped Patrick Mahomes from having such a big game against him. It's why the Chiefs should have run the ball more like Sia talked about in their last game. So I'm a little nervous about Odell here, case in point being that his target rate is around 26% when he sees man coverage, 19% against zone coverage. His catch rate is about the same against both. It's 60%. It's not quite as good. Here's why I won't take the under on the yardage. He has more explosive plays versus zone than he does against man. So I think he could he end up with five for 75 or something like that? Yes. I think that's possible, but I don't see a way for him to get to six catches in the game. I think the zone coverage from the Bengals will deter Stafford from throwing a lot downfield. And it's been man coverage that Beckham's been doing a good job against. All
0: right. So I got a little bit of a problem here. We don't have one of these in the, uh, we, we have to get rid of the Stafford rushing total one. So I, want, I would like to replace it with Stafford over one-and-a-half touchdown passes, which he's done in like eight of nine games. Yeah, but that's, isn't that heavily juiced? Yeah, but we're down? doing a four-prop prop parlay here. I mean, we're going to get some good odds. So we could use a layup. Are we cool with that? So well, I'm, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, go on. Not cool with that?
1: I was going to say how heavy is the juice because Minus. you could just take the Rams' money line because that's going to be juiced maybe similarly. Uh, if you like if you like the Rams yeah
0: Rams money line is minus 175 that's better because Stafford over one and a half okay Rams money line all right almost uh almost ready we're going Rams money line
3: you must be a thrill to be with at the sports books
0: <laughs> this is really hard all right. you're
3: like at the window and there's a line behind you yeah <laughs> <laughs> Rams, buddy, lied. Mixed. People it, are saying, is that kid even old enough to bet? Look at his face.
4: <laughs> nah, he would have been sitting in his chair figuring this out for about an hour before he even attempted it. I'm to get a him little, him
3: little him. bit new to betting, and this is
0: legal for like three weeks now. So give me a break. Uh, Jamar, uh, uh, T Higgins over five and a half catches. And Trager. what was the last one? We had Akers under 62 and a half. Oh, Beckham.
3: Okay, Beckham over 63. I figured and a half. it out. Look at the screen, Adam.
0: We got it. Plus we 800. That's awesome. Now, I did something different because I'm at plus 750, but let's just say it's plus 800. (laughs) Plus 800. Perfect. I'm putting $5 on that. Everybody do it. Plus 800. Odell Beckham over 64 and a half. Uh, I have it at 63 and a half,
3: but okay, whatever.
0: T. Higgins over five and a half. Mixon under, I have under 62 and a half. at under 60 and a half. Wow.
3: Ooh, I like yours. Yeah. Or sportsbook. And Where Ram's
0: works? money line. I'm plus, <laughs> but I am plus 750 and he's plus 800. So, oh,
3: okay. so your sports book sucks. $5
0: to win 4250. The bet has been placed. That is the official four player prop parlay, whatever for fantasy football today. Beckham over yards. Higgins over receptions. Mixon under rushing yards. Rams money line. We we're going to pay for half your wings. Yes. Perfect. Uh, Sia, thank you for hopping on. We appreciate it, man.
1: It was a pleasure. Thanks, boys. I, I really appreciate being being on with you guys. And uh, good luck in the Super Bowl and with the props. We're going to catch this one, though.
0: We are. And at the very least, we're going to have wings and pizza, and everybody will be happy.
1: Thanks, uh, Again, check see out Fantasy
0: Football Today, DFS, and that is Najad at S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D on Twitter. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we got some news and notes, coaching hirings. And your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi will be right back on fantasy football today.
5: Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right, here we are, back with some news items. Minnesota, I, did we talk about this, Kevin O'Connell? I know I missed two shows and I was a little out of the loop, so I apologize. But Minnesota yeah. expected to hire Kevin O'Connell as their head coach. That's Rams offensive coordinator.
4: Yeah, we did it when um, uh, the, it was the same day when Harbaugh pulled out of the running and the news was, O'Connell's expected to take the job. They can't officially hire them, hire him until the Super Bowl's over, so expect that news probably on Monday, the official official uh, um, report, but he is expected to be the Vikings head coach.
0: All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Been on a crazy week. Atlanta wants Calvin Ridley to return next season. They're being very openly supportive. And we did a startup dynasty mock yesterday, and I took him round four-ish or something like that, but obviously... Uh, You know, things have changed for Ridley, but if he comes back, I mean, do you guys see any reason why Calvin Ridley can't be a star
3: receiver again? What team is he on? Well, the Falcons. Let's say if he's on the Falcons, then no, I I think Ridley goes right back to being at least what he was last year. And that was kind of a down year for him, right around, I think, 14 PPR points per game. And I think he's obviously got a ceiling to hit 20. Have absolutely no problem taking him as uh, somewhere between 20th and 30th overall.
0: Boy, he had such a strange season. He was not used downfield. But if you recall, Matt Ryan wasn't really throwing downfield for the early parts of the season. Uh, but you know, what do you think holds his value back more? The fact that he missed so much time with the personal issues, Jamie, or the fact that he wasn't
4: that good uh, when he played? I mean, we see this a lot you know, uh, when you go from actually you know, being the one to being the one. You know, so he was he was really the number one receiver for the Falcons two years ago with Julio still there. But we know Julio missed a lot of time. But now teams know he was the one. And so, you know, I think there was a little bit more respect factor in terms of who's covering him. The coverage slanted toward him. Uh, but I also think just in terms of what you're talking about, with Matt Ryan remember remembers new offense. And so they had to, you know, figure some things out and get through what their protection schemes were. But Ryan had to feel comfortable working in such a high profile player, high profile rookie like Kyle Pitts. Who is a hybrid? You know, not necessarily a tight end, not necessarily wide receiver. Is going to guy that's going to, you know, mix and match the Cordero Patterson, you know, role and and figuring that out as well. And so I think you know getting Ridley back. um, I don't know if he'll ever get to the heights that he was uh, two seasons ago, but I don't think he can be far off from that. And then you have to wonder if they're losing because they're probably going to invest in a quarterback at some point in the draft. If they are losing again or or having you know a, a little bit of a lull do they make a quarterback change? Because Matt Ryan is clearly near the end of his his run with the Falcons. I don't know if he's near the end of his run in the NFL. Uh, but if they're having a bad season, there's another younger quarterback on the roster that they can pivot to. You know, what will that mean for Calvin Ridley? And then will really even want to still be there, you know, because if, if his personal situation was not just, you know, focusing on his mental health, was it really in regards to something in, in relation to the team? I have no idea. That's just, you know, speculating, you know, th- does he does he want to step away because he didn't want to be in Atlanta? And the reports, you know, might, might speak to that. But in any event, you know, would he try and force his way out? And so that's a, a lot still has to be determined. But I think, you know, if you're looking at Calvin Ridley, um, you know, you're hoping for him to come back and come back at that level that we saw two seasons ago. I was a little surprised because I was looking at him also. Adam. I think you took him right before I was uh, up in that draft. I think you were two or three picks before me. I took him 46th um, overall. Yeah. And it was it Ooh. was it was going that direction. Um, I, uh, I I was surprised to, to see that he's 27. I thought he was still a little bit younger than that, but um you know, still has a lot left in the tank, hopefully, and, and can come back and come back strong like we saw, you know, prior to uh, him stepping away from the game.
0: Yeah, Ridley, That by the way, in case you missed, this was a PPR startup dynasty, and it was a three-receiver league. But Ridley went right after Mike Evans and Keenan Allen and uh, right before Lamar Jackson. That was the next pick. How old is Mike Evans? Mike Evans is 28 years old. I don't know his birthday. But uh, yeah, he's eight years into his career. Calvin Ridley has played four years, so he feels so much younger than Mike Evans. Right. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. all right. So that is uh, Calvin Ridley. Greg I Allman,
4: I book. I think I took Allen over Ridley. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Greg Allman of the Athletic does not expect Jameis Winston to sign with the Bucks. Boo. We just kind of want that to happen. New Orleans has hired Doug Marone to be on its offensive coaching staff, and the Giants hired Wink Martindale as their defensive
4: coordinator. They did a great job this offseason. Who? The Giants. Yeah, the coaching staff yeah. is nice. Sure. And you uh, wanted to keep Joe judge.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, at least we got rid of him for a, a proven commodity in Brian Dayball. We know exactly what kind of head coach he'll be. Uh, NBA Celebrity All-Star Game Challenge. Dave, you ready for this one? Oh, uh, what? Yeah, we did this before the show. Jamie and I know almost nobody that's participating in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. I think Schrager is the clubhouse leader. I think he knew seven of the participants. Is that right, Schrager?
2: Which still isn't a lot, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see how many of you know, and
2: you These have.
3: These are celebrities in the like a okay. They're I got
0: singers. It. They're actors. Some are sure. athletes.
3: You have. Well, you know that I am constantly uh, keeping my finger on the pulse of. But you have teenagers. Yeah, you, you have teenagers over the two of us.
0: That's that's what I think too. Yeah,
3: you're assuming I talk to my teenagers. <laughs>
0: All right. Do you know these players, these people? Sure. Uh, this will be on Team Walton. Uh, Jimmy All- Walton. Yeah, yeah I know Bill Walton. Jimmy Allen. Do you know Jimmy Allen?
3: Yeah, it's Josh Allen's brother.
0: <laughs> Over one. Do you know Brittany Elena? Who doesn't? You and me and Jamie. Do you know Machine Gun Kelly? Machine Gun yes. Kelly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Me too.
3: Who was Machine uh, Gun Kelly? Perform live. Machine Gun Kelly is a rapper. Okay. Uh bonus question. And a good one. Who's he married to? Uh Megan Fox.
0: Yay. All right. You're
3: not married yet though.
0: Oh, damn it. So close. Do you know Tiffany Haddish? I hope I'm pronouncing yes, that. Yes,
3: right. comedian. She's yeah. hysterical.
0: Okay, we knew her too. Do you know Diarica Hamby?
3: I don't know. I knew who Marcus Camby was. Well, this I think I've heard that name. De Erica Hamby, but I don't know who that is. She's a Las Vegas Aces forward.
0: I didn't know her either. I I don't want to do this anymore because I I don't know how, I don't know how to pronounce these people's names. Oh, no, that's I, what's making it fun. Keep going. Okay, fine. Uh, naja uh, Huts Houston or Houston? I don't know. Oh, she's an Olympian. Probably should know. Of that. course, she is. How about
3: Come Matt on. James? Edger and Son. Quavo. Do you know Quavo. I know Jose Cuervo. <laughs> do you know Ranveer Singh? Uh, no. Do you
0: know Anderson
3: Varejo? Yes, he used to play in the NBA. He did, yeah.
0: Do you know, gosh, Shrag- Shrag- i
3: I was to know Anderson Shrag- <laughs> Shrag- do you know how to pronounce
0: this person A AA? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a rapper. Yeah. Do you know Mayor Justin Bibb? that's a mayor? Yeah, well, or it's a rapper who goes by
3: the name Mayor Justin Bibb. He invented Bib lettuce.
0: Uh, Mayor Justin Bibb is the mayor of Cleveland. Do you nice. know
3: Kane Brown? Kane Brown's name I've heard, but I th- I think he's a rapper, singer-songwriter. That's okay, close enough. Not giving you that.
0: How about Mil- Millie's Garrett?
3: He's a defensive Edge rusher for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yes.
0: Miles Garrett is playing. Booby Gibson. I skipped over him, but I know Booby Gibson. You know Booby
3: Gibson? I know a booby.
0: He is a <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers legend, according to this website I'm on. It's a strong <laughs> word, but he w- was a Cav. Is the game in Cleveland? Yes. It better be because they're bringing the mayor of Cleveland in. So.
3: It's Craig Elo playing in the game.
0: <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan will be n- hitting a jumper over him. Uh Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow.
3: Uh no. Don't know who that is.
0: Chrissa Jackson. Nope. Singer songwriter? Harlem Globetrotter. Chrissa Jackson. Mm-hmm. Angeli Renadive. No clue. Singer songwriter. John Marco Tamberi.
3: That's one
4: person or two people? Two people. One person. One
0: person. People.
4: If you think we fit a lull this part of the offseason, just wait till next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> This is an Olympic high jumper. And
0: Alex Toussaint. Jamie knew Alex Toussaint. I've heard that name too. Yeah, that is a Peloton instructor.
3: Oh, no. I have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. But I've heard that name.
0: Okay. Well, Dave, you didn't do so well, but neither did you. Yeah, I of stuck, us. apparently. I'm trying to become cooler. Maybe I'll watch the Celebrity All Star game. Be like, yo. Guys, see my man, Mayor Justin Bibb. <laughs> we have some emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. This is from Luke. Dear Ronnie. Sa- Salah. Salahe, Tinker, and Hiroshi. I know we always try to stack in DFS. They're in the NBA All-Star. <laughs> I know we try to those stack in DFS, but what's the thought about stacking in a redraft league? Should drafting a certain receiver make you more inclined to draft his quarterback?
4: I mean, if you stacked Stafford and Cup this season, you're probably happy. If you stacked Adams and Rogers this season, you're probably happy. I guess maybe Burrow and Chase. Um, you probably were pretty disappointed, though, if you went the Prescott, Cooper, or, right. or Lamb route, You know, just based on yeah. how those receivers were inconsistent. Um I don't know. I mean it it, it works out when 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 they both hit. You know, it's 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 just one of those scenarios. You know, like I'm trying to think going into the season, Mahomes and Tyree Kill, Mahomes and Kelsey.
0: Well, let me ask you this, right? So there was a there was a stretch of quarterbacks in rounds four, five, six, seven that we thought were pretty similar. Who was it? Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. So let's just say it was Yeah, he was probably a little bit ahead, but
3: let's just... He led off the group.
0: Okay, let's say he was off the board, uh, and maybe we'll throw <laughs> Russell Wilson in there, or whatever. If you had CeeDee Lamb, would that have made you more more likely to have drafted... No, let's compare Hopkins no. and Metcalf instead. If you had, since they had very similar ADPs, if you had Hopkins, would that have made you more likely to take Kyler Murray over Russell Wilson?
3: I've never made that decision consciously in a fantasy draft. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to consciously make it and say, okay, if I'm deciding between two quarterbacks, I'm going to either way to take the quarterback of the receiver that I got or take the other quarterback. The idea behind not taking the same quarterback as the same receiver and not stacking is to kind of place your chips everywhere. And so you've got, you know, just in case the Cardinals have a bad game, maybe the Seahawks have a good game instead of putting it all your chips on one number. Get what I'm saying?
4: I putting like it all on has, one team. Has done this quite a few times the last couple of seasons with Mahomes and Kelsey, because he tends to gravitate toward those two guys earlier than most. Kelsey, probably not earlier, but Mahomes in our analyst drafts. For sure. Mahomes. Um, and so I, I think you could probably ask him this question if he, if he's liked how it's worked out, you know, last year, probably the one year that it was a little frustrating when that stretch of games happened where, they were struggling. So it could have cost him, you know, a playoff spot if he didn't get, you know, stack wins early, not, not to use the same word, but you know, get wins early and then, you know, survive it at the end when, when things picked up a little bit. So it, it just, it's just it's not necessarily the most sound strategy, I think, to go in trying to do. I think Dave said it best. You know, if it falls that way, you kind of just run with it. But um, there there are gonna be times we're disappointed. You know, go back to uh, you know, you, you mentioned this a couple times about Adams with his free agency, you know, when Rogers hurt his calf a few years ago, you know how bad that was for Adams. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm, right.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of downside. One guy right. gets hurt. You could be two. You could have two ineffective players. I guess one thing we'll definitely tell you is never reach for that quarterback. If you're trying to stack, you know, if you want to make that decision, it's fine, but don't, right. Don't go in there determined to do it and then make a bad pick. Uh, reach for a guy just to have the stack. Sure. Okay.
3: And also be choosy about which offenses you pick. I think that's kind of obvious advice. You know, you're you're only going to be interested in stacking the very best offenses in your redraft leagues.
0: I would like to try to commit to only drafting players on good offenses. Never drafting a guy who I know is just going to be on kind of a crappy offense.
3: Right, but you're eventually gonna get to a point in your draft where someone's available that you'll like the value of, but they're on the Jaguars.
4: And I'm not gonna Right, but you also no. seem to be overlooked. I mean, like Brandon Cooks was a great example this last year. You know, don't overlook, sure. you know, guys that are still gonna be productive.
0: I just wanna try. I just wanna see see what happens. Orion from Poutineville. Mm.
3: Where do you think that is? It's probably Montreal.
0: Yeah, I think it's something like that, yeah. Twelve-team salary cap non-PPR league. As soon as Melvin Gordon leaves Denver, fingers crossed. I have a decision to make. It's a two-receiver league, by the way, and it's non-PPR, so heavy favoring there to the running backs. Keep two: Cup, Mixon, and Javante Williams. Also, that will get that will put me at about sixty-six percent of my one hundred dollar budget. So, should I only keep one? That's another consideration. He does not give me the prices, by the way, but Cup, Mixon, and Javante. So if you were going to keep two in a non-PPR league, who would they be?
3: For me, it would be Cup and Mixon. And I'm pretty sure Cup will be close to maybe 30 in my non-PPR salary cap draft values. Mixon should be pretty close to their two, but I'm not sure
4: if combined they're worth 66 out of 100. If Rodgers signs with the Broncos or gets to the Broncos... And it's a retread or you know, late draft pick as a backup to Jamonte Williams, I would keep Williams in cup.
0: Would you do it though for two thirds of your budget? Yes. Okay. This is from Daniel from the crab capital of the world.
3: That's Baltimore, isn't that? That's what I would have guessed. Maryland? Probably safer to say Maryland and just cover my bases.
0: You guys ever been to the Rustic Inn?
3: I've driven past it many times to park my car in the long-term lot at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood <laughs> International never been there? Airport. No, I've never been to the Rustic Inn.
4: No.
0: If you had accepted my very late, half-sincere invite to the dinner portion of my bachelor party, you would have gone to the Rustic Inn with us.
3: If you had invited us to the <laughs> <They> other <are. laughs> portion of the bachelor party, we would have been
4: there. Well, uh, yeah. I just said I missed the second part of it, which was go to see the, the movie. The the Disney movie that you saw the second half of your bachelor party. What do you mean? Like because you went so- from dinner to see a, a a Disney movie? That was the end of the night.
0: <laughs> You're joking, like because like, it was such a lame bachelor party.
4: Uh no. Just knowing you is gonna be PG.
0: Oh oh oh! I was like, is he making another joke about when my wife falls asleep? No no no. Okay. We,
4: might fall we know what you watch. Anyway, go, you go. go to the Rustic in. It's awesome.
0: Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> Hold
4: on. You watch Breaking News.
0: <laughs> All right, Daniel's question. Uh, okay. I'm very intrigued by Dynasty don't Fantasy... Don't breathe
4: heavily f- into the microphone.
0: <laughs> I'm very intrigued by Dynasty <laughs> Fantasy Football and I want to start or join a league this year. I was wondering how to best start a dynasty league or how to join one. When is the best time to start the draft? Where can I find your rankings? Are there any rules you would recommend for a new league or any overall commissioner advice? Any beginner dynasty advice would be greatly appreciated, Jamie. Get Daniel's dynasty league going.
4: Uh, There's two schools of thought to this. So one would be is just wait till after the draft and do the NFL draft and do the entire draft all at once. Um, that way you have the rookies already there and you can just start everything from scratch. The other would be you could do it after free agency before the NFL draft and this is how Heath's uh, dynasty league started, the one that we're uh, in and Adams a partial observer of, is um, he did a non-rookie draft prior to the NFL draft, but after free agency. And then what he did was he flipped the order. So if you picked 12th, you had the first pick in the rookie draft. And so then you had the opportunity to go to the rookies that way. So you can do it that way also. I would probably just wait until the uh, the NFL draft is over, do it all at once, do a startup draft from there. And you just, uh, you know, you can see the 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 results um, of the draft that Heath is going to publish. So I'm going to guess by the end of the week um, of how a startup, you know, dynasty draft will look like without the rookies in there. So uh, Heath also has a, um, a good ranking, good rank list. And this ties into, I think, a question we had at, at some point in the last week or so, Adam, of, um, when would you draft the picks the the without knowing the players mm-hmm. and Heath also has ranked the the picks which I think is a, is a cool feature as well so you can see where he would put you know pick 101 102 et etc in a startup rookie uh, dynasty league a startup dynasty excuse me.
3: if I can add one other thing it may be a little challenging to start your own dynasty league because now you've got to convince anywhere from seven to 11 of your pals, hey, join me on this awesome long-term journey of fantasy football goodness. You've got to have people that are really into fantasy football. Casual fantasy football managers just are not into dynasty. It's, it hasn't gotten that big yet. Our buddy Scott Fish does a great job of finding these orphan dynasty teams, people who abandon their dynasty teams. They're out. Their team might stink or whatever. And he finds fresh managers for those teams. So if you have a hard time finding people to start your own dynasty league, and I would much rather everybody go find your friends and start a dynasty league with your pals, but if you can't find those pals, Scott Fish has a way to like give you an orphan dynasty team, and you're playing with strangers, but at least you've got a dynasty team, and who knows, in time, those strangers might become your friends.
0: And by the way, Daniel's greeting was, Dear Swan, Stalworth, and Ward. Oh, Steelers. Those are Steelers. Wide receiver, wide receivers. specifically, yeah. and the one, dear Ronnie Salahay or whatever Tinker and Hiroshi. I could not find anything on Google, so I have no idea. Uh, Apple Podcast question from After Sunset. Yes, that is his name. After Sunset it says, dear Charlie, Brad, Sam, and Patrick, which you're not going to get. I had to Google it, and it was from the movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which is a very good movie, by the way. If you've never seen it, when you're going for a diving catch, what is the hardest part? the, the turf. hardest part the turf is what uh oh after sunset <laughs> <That's a joke. laughs> it's good uh, yeah so then we'll leave it at that thanks very much see did a great job hope everybody's enjoying the uh the props if you need more of them you can listen to fantasy football today in 5 we're doing those all week if we had one official prop i feel like we're all pretty high on t higgins either the catches yep. or the yards. I would prefer the yards. Uh, and yards I,
3: is a little safer, but there's more juice that you got to lay down on that.
0: And I really think Joe Mixon under 62.5. It's probably my favorite. I agree. Jamie, are you pretty much on board with those two?
4: Yeah, I, I wrote uh, 10 props that are on the site uh, today, and both of those are in there.
0: Okay. So that's that, and we're all going to win plus 800 on the official Fantasy Football Today I put $500 on this. So I wow. Well, plus 800. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and for watching. We will talk to you tomorrow with our official Super Bowl 56 preview with Heath, Dave, and Jamie. Till then, have a good one. See you later.
5: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.